A big, big deal coming out of Los Angeles. Aaron Donald signs a huge extension. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with Jimmy G in San Francisco and Trey Lance. And hey, we got Mr. Locked On Bears here. So we're going to talk about Justin Fields too here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, so that means you get me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, host of Locked On Vikings, and I am here filling in for Ross with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears at Cox Sports One on Twitter. Lauren, thanks so much for uh, hanging out. We're going to get to your Bears for sure. But first, I have to take a quick victory lap for for me and for Ross because uh, we talked about this last week, Ross and I. Aaron Donald was like threatening retirement and all this stuff. And we sniffed that out. Come on. Of course it wasn't going to be that Aaron Donald retired. He was just posturing for a new contract. And lo and behold, Aaron Donald has signed an extension, a huge one that makes him the highest paid non-quarterback ever in the NFL, and now he's going to be tied to Los Angeles, and he's going to keep playing. Lauren, did you have any doubts? Never, right? Well, player, <laughs> he's still in his prime, is going to retire right after winning the Super Bowl. Of course, you want <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to cash in on that. It's a leverage play for sure when it's like, well, he could because he just won the Super Bowl. But if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, I, I don't know that that would have been mm-hmm. taken seriously at all. Like it was purely like the leverage of, well, this is the time to go out if you're going to go out this early in his career. But I mean, we know these guys are, are freaks about competition and, and, you know, that sort of almost like obsessive level of like wanting to be the best at what they do until they physically can't anymore. Of course, Aaron Donald has shown absolutely no signs of slowing down. And the Rams have certainly rewarded that and reflected that financially. I mean, what, what more is there to say about how great of a player Aaron Donald is and certainly going to be worth every penny there. And Rams actually saving, uh, I think, a couple million in cap space this year with the extension, too. Right. So they're doing that with some void year stuff, which a lot of teams are doing now to kind of kick some cap down the road for when the cap explodes in future years. Um, but $65 million guaranteed in the first two years of the contract. And Aaron Donald, there's a structure where Aaron Donald basically has an option to retire uh, or return after next season. Um, so he could return for the 2024 season for an additional $30 million and it would be fully guaranteed, or he could retire then. Um, Aaron Donald did say, like, when I got into football, it was eight years, and, and that was it, which always kind of felt, like, weirdly specific. Like, hmm, you happen to pick just exactly as many years as it would take for you to win a Super Bowl. However, if he does mull retirement after next year, like, that'll be an option on the table, and it seems like it's, it's his move. But otherwise, they've used a bunch of void years um, to sort of spread out cap into those void years and into the, the, the future, so they'll have bigger dead cap hits later. Um, but like you said, it's always going to be worth every penny. There is no player in the entire league like Aaron Donald. There's no player that lets you do things schematically like Aaron Donald does. And having that locked up, I mean, I don't know. It, it You'd have to go pretty far beyond the pale before you started getting to amounts that I wouldn't pay for Aaron Donald. Yeah, and at the same time, right, you talk about those void years, and I think it's like $22, $23 million that they're pushing ahead into those years where it's not playable years on the contract. It's just financial years that, you know, he right. won't. It's, he won't it's a ghost year where he won't be under contract for the Rams. However, 
he will carry a cap hit. And then the way it works when the contract voids, it's like when you cut a player before his contract's over and all of his signing bonus accelerates, it works the same way as that. So they'll have a big old dead cap hit when Aaron Donald retires. Okay. <laughs> well worth it. But like, fine. we kind of keep asking ourselves, like when they signed Allen Robinson earlier this offseason and some of these bigger free agents and then extend Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup's contract extension is supposed mm-hmm. to be next. Like we keep kind of asking Stafford. where, yeah, Stafford too. Like where do they keep, finding this money they keep pushing it in the future and keep pushing the future mm-hmm. and it's never caught up to them or still at this point has not caught up to them and yeah i think there's been some de- like depreciation of, of talent they have an offensive line full of players on rookie contracts and some other guys that are good value but i i, I don't know less need i mean he says f them draft picks but somehow f that salary cap space too i don't know yeah well he's using the salary cap space right and it's just He's just borrowing it from future years. It's kind of the way that I always think about it. And it is a highly abusable system because let's say, you know, you've got $10 million that you want to spend, but you only have $5 million in space. You can just take $5 million from next year via restructure or void year or whatever and pay your bills. And then you just have $5 million extra in debt next year. That is a dead cap hit or whatever. And then... You could just do the same thing next year if you're like, oh man, I've got that $5 million debt and I'm $5 million short. Well, I can take $5 million from the year after that. And there's no interest. There's no extra fee. There's no extra penalty for doing that. It is an entire, I mean, you can freely move money from 2024 into 2023 into 2022. You can move money from this year to next year, from next year to this year, completely free. And that is insanely abusable. Like it's, it's, it's so easy to, and free to just kind of create money out of thin air and keep working up debts. And you can just be like the saints where you're up to your eyeballs in debt forever. And then you can just keep on borrowing from future years. And eventually it reaches a tipping point where you got a hundred million in debt cap and blah, blah, blah. And that'll happen eight years from now when nobody, you know, when, when we're well past all of this. It's, it's abusable as long as you're good at picking the players that you abuse it with, right? The Rams have been able to like successfully spend on these players that actually do pan out to be good where you compare to like, my Chicago Bears from the previous regime that did the same type of method, but often spent the money in places that wasn't as productive. And now you see them currently trying to dig out that hole. And and I think the Saints have sort of been in the middle ground here where they have had some good luck pushing ahead and they have had some missions in there. And and of course, a giant Drew Brees retirement throws off plans quite a bit. But like there's there's only a certain level of of abusability. You also have to be like a really good general manager to, to make it work well, too. Yeah, and it's if there is a failure in the Rams or in Bears or Saints or Eagles do this a lot too, my Vikings do it a lot. If there is a failure, it won't be for lack of resources, right? That's I guess the only point. Yeah, yeah. if you spend money, if you spend draft picks on a dude that sucks, you you're going your team's going to suffer for it. Um but when it comes to a guy like Aaron Donald, this is not at issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with a player like him or like the Bears did it with, with Khalil Mack, but then eventually you mm-hmm. start to get out from these players when those void years come up into the, the first year. I mean, eventually when Aaron Donald retires, there's going to be that $25 million just sitting mm-hmm. there not going to, towards players. And the Rams are eventually going to hit this point where they're not good anymore when Stafford's older and when Jalen Ramsey's getting older and Aaron Donald retires. Like There is going to be a fall off, and it's a matter of how they sort of transition from there. And so far they've been masterful at like, they did under Goff and somehow transitioned to Stafford and they can find a way to sort of move the shell game around and find money for it again on the next transition. Maybe you don't have to have that lull if you just move the money right and keep the beans in the right spots. All right, question for you, Lauren. Who's your favorite bear on a rookie contract right now? 
favorite bear on a rookie on oh still on a rookie contract right now i mean how do you want to yeah. define favorite i mean of course like justin fields is Yours. the most justin fields is the most important player okay. on a rookie. Or, uh, non-quarterback we'll say but like i would say darnell mooney is probably my favorite player all right on odds darnell mooney is a ram someday <laughs> You know, given where, uh, given the Allen Robinson pipeline now, I would say it's it's not it's not impossible. But I do think there's a <laughs> organizational faith in him right now. All right. Well, place your faith instead in Blue Nile. Blue Nile is an online jeweler that can help you get anything you're looking for for uh, whether it's an engagement or a holiday, an anniversary, a birthday, or you're just looking to get a special gift. For that special someone, head on over to BlueNile.com. They've got jewelers on hand 24-7 to help you customize and get exactly what is right for the occasion and what's right for that special someone. So also what's important to me, at least, is they adhere strictly to the Kimberly process, which is the process that's like industry standard among jewelers to make sure you're not getting conflict diamonds or blood diamonds or any of those things that are typically associated with the diamond industry. They do that for their diamonds, their gold, their silver, and everything. So you can shop guilt-free. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on NFL listeners get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. That is a podcast exclusive and it includes engagement rings. So use the code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. O-N. Plus, every order is insured, free shipping, and it arrives in discreet packaging, so you won't give away what's inside. I know somebody that happened to once. It's not a problem till it's a problem. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Well, speaking of shopping stress-free, our friends at RockAuto.com are always the place I go to for all of my auto parts needs because I know whatever I'm looking for, I can find it at rockauto.com. They have the deepest catalog anywhere I've seen online. I mean, so many different parts. I don't fully understand what all of them are, but I know my mechanic <laughs> does. And he tells me what I need. Rockauto.com can get it for me at a great price. It's super easy to navigate, though. You can just enter in your car's make and model, and boom, it's this list of all the different parts. And you can sort by the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain stores will have a different price tier. The professional mm-hmm. mechanics are cheaper than the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same part somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, fill in their box that says, how did you hear about us? And write in the words, locked on. So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hey, everyone, we're still doing that locked on listener survey. So if you have some feedback for us, we want to make sure that we are making these shows, all of these locked on podcasts, good for you guys. We want to make sure we're giving you what you want. So let us know at lockedonpodcasts.com slash survey. That's lockedonpodcasts.com slash survey. And 10 people who finish that survey will get a $100 Ticketmaster gift card. That'll get you tickets to something cool. So that's lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. Let us know what you like, what you lo- what you don't like. And uh, thanks so much for your help. Um, but I want to switch gears here and talk about another NFC West team with some interesting stuff. Um, Lauren, fill me in on what's going on with Jimmy G. This saga has been completely insane. I don't get it at all, but tell me where we're at now. Well, we've all been sort of waiting for the, the trade news or some sort of something. Something, to yeah. There, and it feels like the 49ers are starting to maybe come a little bit more formally closer to changing the guard here. So officially, 
The the report is that Jimmy Garoppolo has been excused from this week's mandatory minicamp. The 49ers actually moved up the date of their mandatory minicamp to this week. It was originally scheduled for, I think, next week, or I think it was like the 14th, 15th, or a couple weeks from now. For some reason, they just last week decided they're going to have it a little bit sooner. And Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently not fully healthy from the offseason shoulder surgery he had oh. in March. And that, that's been sort of the excuse the excuse as to why he has been traded. Yeah. But at the same time you get like reporting, there's a a Carolina Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte observer who says, you know, the Panthers want no part of Jimmy Garoppolo's $26.9 million cap hit this season. And that the 49ers have not shown a willingness to take on Jimmy Garoppolo's salary cap in, in some of his cap hit in trades. And so they keep hiding behind this shoulder injury. You know, they're letting him stay away from practice. So Trey Lance can be the guy at practice because of the shoulder injury and, and for sure, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is not fully healthy from that, but that seems to be what everyone is waiting for, at least saying what they're waiting for and that potentially he could be cleared to throw again at the end of this month or maybe early July, certainly by training camp, right? But right in time for another team to bring him in at the beginning of their real major offseason activities. So that means Trey Lance gets first team reps, which we'll circle back to. I think I have two theories here. These are two very speculative theories, and 49ers fans are going to hate one. They're going to love one. The one they're going to love is that the 49ers are just biding their time, and they're saying, I mean, it could just be like legit. His shoulder hurt is hurt, and he wouldn't pass a physical, and teams are waiting for that. But barring that, I, I wonder if they're biding their time. And I think back to Sam Bradford, 2016, the Vikings trade for Sam Bradford. They, they dumped a first-round pick for Sam Bradford because Teddy Bridgewater got injured that preseason, they were in panic mode. I wonder if the 49ers are waiting, because somebody's going to have an injury, somebody's going to have a problem, somebody's going to have a a QB competition and realize, oh, crap, both these guys suck. Um, You know, looking at you, Giants. (laughs) Steelers. Isn't that the thing, though? It's like you've got teams already with quarterback needs. The Seahawks, Panthers. Well, that too. Steelers, the Giants, even you, you thrown out the Lions before as I mean, you would think there there should be a market of teams so you can at least find two that would bid against each other. But maybe to your point, they are waiting to see their guys in training camp before they want to bite the bullet on Jimmy G or Baker or other quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I think of a team like the Steelers who, oh, they talked themselves into Mitch Trubisky and really like the Bills are really what he needs and all that stuff. And then what if he comes into camp and they're like, ah, I get it. I see what happened here oh, no, we don't have a quarterback, and then they go into panic mode. Or, I mean, look, sometimes, you know, a guy gets hurt, and then suddenly you, you've got a season you were super into, and if you're a team like that thought that they were going to be, you know, a contender this year, and you're, you've got a whole, you know, you've got contracts that are running out of time and rookie contracts that are running out of time, maybe you go make the move, and then there's a, suddenly a Jimmy G on the market. The other theory that I have is that Trey Lance sucks, and they don't know what to do about it. <laughs> why, why would they keep Jimmy Garoppolo out of practice then? If, or are you saying that's why they haven't traded him yet? Because they don't. That's they, why they haven't traded him yet, and then maybe his shoulder still is just legit hurt. But like, they are not behaving. Like the thing about the Eagles when the Eagles did their Sam Bradford trade, and they were in a really similar spot to where the 49ers are now. So that's why that's like the example in my head. They were stoked on Carson Wentz, like they were ready. For, and in those first two years, he was really good, um, and. So like they they had some they were like oh sweet Sam Bradford absolutely expendable piece and we're good to just kind of sit on him until somebody gets desperate and then w- w- this is not a team behaving like they've got some hidden diamond in the rough 
you know? This is they they probably would have been able to to offload him to one of those teams you mentioned, like Seattle or I've been talking about Houston too. I know they love Davis Mills. They'd never do it, but they kind of should. Um I don't know, but that that's my other theory is oh that them going, oh no, we traded everything for this guy and we kind of feel like Jimmy G's still better than him, and I don't really know what to do about that. <laughs> I, I've always I've always subscribed to the like, yeah, they're waiting for a quarterback to get injured type of theory. But the more I think about it just now, like as you were describing that, I was wondering like how many teams would actually be in a position though to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo if they had a quarterback injury? Like, yes, it, it is a one-year deal. It's the last year of his contract. But that, that 29 point or $26.9 million number there, you know, most of these teams, if, you, if you're a team in a position that you're trying to win now this year to where you would want to trade for a veteran quarterback if your quarterback got hurt, most of them are – in a position where they're already paying their starting quarterback loads of money. And, or if you're a team with like younger quarterback that gets hurt, then why would you, what would be your motivation? Garoppolo? I mean, just to win. It seems like there's very many of these teams that exist in the middle ground where it's like, they don't have young quarterback of the future. And but they also don't have like, you know, solidified veteran starter that you're already paying $30 million mm-hmm. to. So you can't take on another $27 million quarterback on top of that. It just seems like there's a, there's not that middle ground, or at least not maybe like uh, the Falcons with with Mariota trying to have something in the place ahead of the rookie that they just drafted. Or I mean, if something happened there, or Ryan Tannehill, and they're still paying Ryan Tannehill thirty million in Tennessee. I don't, I don't know. There's not a lot of those spots that really fit that mold for me. Miami, if Tua gets hurt, I don't know. I wonder if part of it could be, like part of that trade could be. The 49ers saying, well, well, we'll make it so you can pay, but then you got to give us a better draft pick back. And if you're desperate enough, you might want to do that. But I think of teams with, you know, established quarterback, established enough where they don't have like a competition. You know, the Falcons have Desmond Ritter and Mariota. And if one of them goes down, the other one starts. Um, or, you know, something like the Steelers. If you go, all right, we're totally going with Kenny Pickett. And then Kenny Pickett goes down. You're like, well, we kind of talked ourselves into Trubisky anyways. Um, or... But but I think of a team like the Raiders, you know, that have this crazy division and they're trying to keep up. And let's say, you know, the worst happens, God forbid, to Derek Carr and he's out for the season and you're going, goodness, like, do we pack it in or do we package up a first round pick and do whatever, you know, have San Francisco do whatever they can do with the cap and try to stay a competitive team. And some teams just have that attitude where they never want to be the dreg of the league. You know, giants, my Vikings are like that, that the Steelers are like that, where they, they don't want to be the, they, they were always talking themselves into like, we'd rather win eight than win two. Um, and so they'll make moves like that. And I wonder if that's, and you know what a team that came to my mind when you described all that was green Bay. Like, what if something happened to Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, they, like, they, it can happen to anybody, right? What if his ankle goes up and it's and it's it's? They've kind of poured a lot into this one, and they are sort of getting ready to go down the drain when Aaron, whenever Aaron Rodgers retires, they're going to hit the full nuke button, anyways. So why not? I mean, they don't you think they want at least like see if Jordan Love can can just just to know, like, if oh, they already know, but like. <laughs> I mean, I think so, but like, just to maybe like show the fans and public perception, sort of like, hey, see, he's a bad. He's now don't get mad at us when we move on, right? Instead of like, <laughs> if Jordan Love goes his whole rookie rookie contract and never even gets like that one opportunity to, I mean, least, yeah, they kind of already made that choice. Yeah, but but if they cut him after that, you know what I mean? Like, 
Sure. And there's a public perception game of, of the fan base being just rattled. I, I really think the more we look at, the more we talk about it, the Giants really seem like that ideal spot. Like if, if the Daniel Jones thing, like if, if they just realize, oh man, we need a better quarterback in this. Cause that's at least a spot where if you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you could evaluate whether maybe you would want Jimmy Garoppolo to stay beyond right. that year. True, okay. true, true. And that, that's one of the few spots where they're in that position to say, yeah, he could stay beyond this year. Maybe Seattle too is, and, and is maybe in that spot as well. But like, it doesn't have to be just purely a one-year rental if you're going to give up significant draft compensation to get the 49ers to absorb as much salary cap space as you want them to. And there's always going to be a piece of me that thinks, until it happens, there's going to be a piece of me that thinks that San Francisco is just going to trot out Jimmy G again because they just have no choice because Trey Lance still isn't ready, which, like, he had only played, like, 19 games in college. Him having a longer development arc is totally fine. But it brings me to the next conversation, which is what we're going to get into next, which is... Trey Lance, and I want to talk to you a little bit, bit about Justin Fields, these second-year quarterbacks that are very clearly like on a development arc. And I have, I'm going to ask you some pointed and difficult questions, Lauren. <laughs> Get ready for it. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. First, we need to get to our friends at betonline.net. They're going to be your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and information. We can look ahead to this upcoming football season and play some wagers on win totals, odds to win the division, playoffs, futures odds for MVP, offensive, defensive player of the year, and so much more. Plus, all of your other sports news and games going on right now, the professional basketball championships coming down here and with Golden State and Boston having fun series, NHL playoffs in their conference finals, Major League Baseball season in the thick of it, plus all the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, and boxing, esports, live betting, and so much more. BetOnline is going to be your continued sports for all of it and so much more. Head on over to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action you need to know. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Lauren, I'm giving you the third degree. <laughs> so here's the deal. We just talked a lot about Trey Lance. And look, the way that team is behaving, I have concerns about Trey Lance's development. If Trey Lance was really coming along and was ready to take a big second-year leap and they trusted him, I think they would, they, they would not be hanging on to Jimmy G the way they would. I think a trade already would have happened. In Chicago, we've seen a lot of Justin Fields. Obviously, that offense was terrible. There were some issues there that weren't necessarily Justin Fields' fault. Like, there's excuses for sure. And first-year player, like, you know, there's always going to be some growing pains there. But I guess, first off, I want to hear from your perspective. Where are you... What are you expecting out of Justin Fields this year? Like, what, you, what would make you say, all right, we're okay with Justin Fields, and what would make you say, oh, no, he might not be the guy? Like, where's that line? I think it's... It's a little hard to say at this point as far as like a measurable because I don't think this Bears team is fully formed yet. I no, still for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know like every team vibes like, though. Yes, yeah, vibes because like the Bears are probably still gonna sign a new starting offensive lineman and probably another wide receiver at some point. And like assuming you get a little bit more in place than what they have now, it still feels like they're farther behind in that process. You you need to see, I think clearly progress and a little bit more of that. I don't want to say consistency, but like, so like, for example, with Justin Fields last season, I always felt like he was really good at making the difficult things look easy, but then he made a lot of the little things look difficult. Like he, he would 
one hop, a short pass on a little curl route on a quick three-step drop because he's not so much the short, quick timing type of passer. And so I don't need him to this season. It is. It's a weird thing, right? With With John Filippo, like, I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) and Matt Nagy. Chicago makes me mad. (laughs) It does. It makes us mad too, trust me. But like, like, I I don't need him to to be a perfect quarterback and make all these heroic plays all season and and carry this team so single-handedly to nine wins. Like no, I but I, what I want to do is what I want to do is see him, you know, cut down on on how long he's been holding on to the ball in the pocket sometimes or, and work on that pocket presence in general and make some of those easier throws look easier even if he doesn't hit some of the more difficult throws and some of the spectacular, you know, rolling out of the pocket, falling away and throwing it downfield and finding a wide open or an open dart on Mooney at the sideline. Like those are plays are exciting and gave us a lot of things to be excited about last season in Chicago. But like, that's not as important to me as like, let's get more of that like foundational piece in place and try not to ask him to do as many of those things. And if it can, if it feels like, okay, he's gotten clearly better in those areas that were holding him back as a rookie, that's the progress I need to see moving forward. But if some of those same issues persist as far as maybe being a little slow reading things and reacting out of the pocket and doing some of the easier things, that's when you start to have some real concerns about, okay, like is this is this regime going to be committed to him for the long term or will they start to have doubts too? I wonder if, you know, new regime, they did, they inherited him, right? Were they as high as, you know, Nagy and, and um, Pace were? But I guess, like, my thing with the Bears, and I've, I've been meaning to ask you this. I'm glad I get a chance. The Bears seem to have gotten a lot worse this year. How are we supposed to reconcile that with even if Justin Fields is not ready yet? How is it supposed to help him get there? You know, like, what what is the, is there a plan in place or are they just, like, accumulating assets? So, I think it's it's definitely like not ideal and it's not the way you would want to put Justin Fields in right now. And I think the team recognizes that. But the harder question for me has been like what what should they have done instead? Because I mean obviously yes, you would think build a strong offensive line, wide receivers. Ideally, you know what they should have sure. done. But but logistically, they did not have significant salary cap space this offseason. They did not have a first round pick. So in order in order to fill all the different holes they had, it's not like they they spent a bunch of money on defense and just ignored the offense. Like they spent a little bit more money on defense, but not much more. I mean, you could take two or three million dollars away from this contract here and that contract there and funnel that towards one more offensive lineman or one more receiver. But like there was never going to be money to sign a big name wide receiver. There was never going to be money to sign a big name offensive lineman or use there was never a first round pick to use on a big receiver or a big offensive lineman. So like you could have you, you could find like little things you would tweak here and there to change the offseason plan to be more Justin Fields focused and ideally that's probably where I would have gone, but I don't I don't know that even if you put all your eggs in as much as building around Justin Fields as you could right now in this offseason offensively like with wide receivers and offensive line, I still think you wouldn't be able to build as good of a core anyway that you'd be looking for. And then you would also have even bigger holes on defense and other areas of the roster that they also chose to build up perhaps more than they should have compared to what they should have done around Justin Fields. But it's not like they had this open slate of like, we can build the roster any way we want and we're going to choose to not build around Fields. It was, oh crap, we have 40 free agents and $30 million to fill you know, eight starting spots. We got we to fill these players somehow. And, and unfortunately that means we can't put great writers offensive linemen around fields and could have done there was more but only so much sure so like the the take is would be like look pace and nagy left such a mess here that they kind of there was nothing they could have done about it and really we should evaluate them when they have a like reasonable amount of resources is that like more or less 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. Like, yes, they could have used okay. the, the two second round picks on an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. But if they had another rookie at those spots, does that make people feel better this year? I, you know? Yeah. For me, it, like another Lucas Patrick or something, you've got Larry yeah. Borum starting. Like, there were, uh, I think, opportunities, even with limited cap, to, I think, get out of it a little smoother. But it seems like they ripped the band aid off and they're going for a, a, a dead year in the middle of a quarterback's rookie contract. That's. That scene, and it maybe they didn't have a choice. Maybe that is the best move, but like, man, that's whew, ouch. They, I agree 100% that they could have softened it more. They could have made it a more gentle transition, could have kept, you know, maybe maybe a Khalil Mack or certain things here and there, but although they got the second round pick for him. But like, there were ways they could have softened it more and made it a, a lighter transition, but they did choose to rip the bandit off. And they're kind of counting on scheme and their evaluation mm-hmm. of saying Byron Pringle is going to be better than people think he is. Lucas Patrick's going to be better than people think he is. Tevin Jenkins, these young offensive linemen, are going to be better than people think they are. And they're sort of saying, our evaluation is going to be smarter than you think we are. So that's they're putting it out on the table that way. And in some way, I mean, every team has that where you go, you yeah. know, just you wait. We're big on this guy. Um, but that leads me to, I guess, the central question. I'm going, to, I'm going to tie all this up. Let's say you are Ryan Poles. You get a call from John Lynch. They say, we want to trade you J- Trey Lance for Justin Fields straight up right now. That's it. Trey Lance for Justin Fields, you continue your development arc all the same way. We get Fields, you get Lance. Are you saying yes? You doing it? No strings attached? I, I just wish I would have been able to see more from Trey Lance, right? That's what this comes down sure. to. Like, You're going on a lot of pre-draft here. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, and I mean, pre-draft, I like Justin Fields more than Trey Lance. And so I, I don't want to be the biased Chicago guy here. I'm, I'm biased anti-Chicago. I had, I had the same take. <laughs> exactly, but like, I, I could certainly see it where Trey Lance, because Trey Lance is more the unknown. It's like, oh, maybe he could be better than what you know, we've seen. Justin Fields struggle. We yeah. haven't seen as large of a sample size of Trey Lance struggling. But that's not to say that that makes Trey Lance therefore instantly better. I don't know. I've seen enough flashes from Justin Fields that I'm okay with sticking with where this is. And I think you put Lance in the situation. The devil you know. The devil you know, but also like Lance is, is so raw. He's going to need receivers and offensive line help too. And if, he, if Fields doesn't have that in Chicago, Lance wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. You, you start talking about like, what about for Mac Jones, right? And then that's a, maybe a little yeah, more interesting. Yeah, because he's, I, I think, just a little bit more ready. But also, it's very clear with Mac Jones that there's going to be a ceiling that he bumps his head on. And eventually, you know, he's going to have to be a guy that plays a little more like a point guard, a little more like a Kirk Cousins that mm-hmm. dishes the ball out to the real playmaker, that kind of thing. And Justin Fields might be able to be more of that. Um, but Are I guess, think- yeah. It's, Are you taking Trevor Lawrence over both of them, though, or, or all of the above? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep. I, I think I would, too, but I just wanted to make that clear. Yes, I would give Trevor Lawrence Kirk Cousins' his contract right now. I think Jacksonville's ruining him a little bit, um, but you can still see a lot of the ability there, and you can see what they, they just need to, I don't know, be a halfway competent organization, which is not happening. So, <laughs> sorry, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, speaking of the Jags, you get Tony. And James, they're going to come around, um, talk about whatever it is that's going on. I'm sure there will be all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's been kind of a, a pretty steady trickle of news this offseason. So they'll get you all taken care of. Um, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, if only to hate listen to Peter Bukowski. Um, our friend, our, our <laughs> beloved rival. Our beloved NFC North brethren, Peter Bukowski. Your Look, my new year. Year's- him as much as mine do. My New Year's resolution was to stoke more NFC North rivalry. So I feel like I've done good. I've disparaged the Bears a good bit. I've gotten you to admit that they're bad in so many words. And um, we made fun of the Packers a little. We did good. We even got a shot in on the Lions. So uh, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. (laughs) 
Uh, check out Locked On NFL tomorrow. We'll see you all then. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.